so we're on this journey here, Ray. We're here together. Yeah. We've got, uh, yeah, I was pulling up the category as we started rolling. <laughs> right, because I, I, I figured I'd ask before we started rolling this time. This time. But then, it, then I started rolling. Right, it's okay. No, yeah. I like to be on my toes. It's bodies. It's bodies. Part four, I think, but maybe it's part five. Not sure. We're going to find out. Bodies. Yeah, all the parts. I yeah. mean, it's because that's us, a lot of idioms find their way about it, you know? Yeah. Your head, knees. Exactly. It's all the parts. This is, is precisely... Arm and a leg. <laughs> twist your arm. Yeah. Pull in your leg. All those things. I will say, teaser for the later half of the episode, mm. that, yeah, mine touches upon that, what you're saying, being human and, uh, and shared experience. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. You listen to the, to the second one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, is that some sort of... Um, I'm just building, uh, I'm creating a buzz. Con- is that the collective consciousness? I mean, kind of. It, it, uh, it's not unlike what you, what you just said. I don't, I don't want to give too much away, though. All right. That's all. Just, I'm creating a buzz. I like it. <laughs> For the second <laughs> half of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so stick around. Stick around after the break. All right, so we're doing body part idioms, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Why don't you jump in and, and have us enjoy things? You got it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start off by putting my foot in my mouth, probably. Oh, I've never done that before. Yeah, I am good at this <laughs> as well. Because sometimes your your mouth says stuff and your brain's like, that's a good idea. And then suddenly it's like, no, 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 wait, that wasn't a good idea at all. But it's basically right as you're saying it. Increasingly so. We're just like, wait, no, 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 no. Oh, it's too late. The guy I used to hire <laughs> to edit things on the way out yeah. is he's on strike or he's something. He's like, eh, I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You, you got this. You got this, buddy. Yeah, my brain will lead me off cliffs all the time. It's like, you know where you're heading. I'm just going to ch- check out real fast. <laughs> I'll catch up with you right after this yeah. moment that falls through. And try to dig you out. Yeah, but it doesn't work. Mm-mm. Uh, foot in your mouth. Uh, saying something at the wrong time, perhaps, or uh, to say something tactless or embarrassing. Mm. You know, right? Oh, no, yeah. Does that feel? Sure, yeah. We're getting quotes. Uh, there's an 1887, the Syracuse Standard. The message revealed a bad case of foot in mouth disease. Mm. Uh, we're going back even further. 1879. He is bound to put his foot in his mouth whenever he opens it. This is the Waterloo Courier newspaper. And then we're going to keep on moving back a little further to 1796. Um, to be sure, I ain't now a little at a loss to know whether I've made a good hand at this or whether I've put a foot in it. And this is kind of... I'm going to take this road, the put a foot in it road. Yeah. If you dig. Yeah. Um... This is uh, Robert Hedrickson, a friend of the pod, <laughs> word and phrase origins, a, a standard that I go to if I can find something. Uh, every time he opens his mouth, he puts his foot in it. He says uh, the first recorded in the 1770s uh, when it was said of Dublin politician Sir Boyle Roach, who made remarks in his speeches like, half the lies our opponents tell about me are not true. Enjoyable. Yeah. Foible. Um, so this is late 1700s. Uh, and this is, or we're in Ireland, Ireland, you know, Dublin, Dublin politician. Sure. Um, 
if we go early 1700s, keep on moving back, we, we meet a man, we come across a guy uh, by the name of Jonathan Swift. Uh, Mr. Swift was born in 1667, and he is an English uh, writer, satirist, essayist, uh, pamphletist, wrote the pamphlets, uh, published guy, you know? Yeah, pamphlets. People know his name. I, I have never read uh, a work, but I've heard of a work of his uh, called A Modest Proposal, which all that I knew about it was uh, it was in regards to eating babies. Mm. So I looked it up to get more, more information. Uh, and this is an essay suggests that the impoverished Irish, Irish might ease their economic troubles by selling their children as food to rich gentlemen and ladies. Uh, this satirical hyperbole mocked heartless attitudes towards the poor. He was a satirist, obviously. Not really saying, let's eat some babies. Oh. Um, but, you know, one day we'll be there. So like, that's exciting. Uh, but this, this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. That's just a different Jonathan Swift work. Yeah. Called A Modest Proposal. Modest. Uh, in this specific instance, a work by the title of Polite Conversation in Three Dialogues, an ironic and satirical commentary on the perceived banality of conversations among the upper class in early 18th century. That's the title? No, that's the, that was uh, just a description of the work. Okay. But I wanted to read it because I didn't want to, you know. Yeah, I like Perceived I like... banality of conversation. It was, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just two little lines clipped out of the, the greater work here. Uh, he tosses this out to us. Character later, Lady Answerall uh, talks to the maid. Why, sure, Betty, you are bewitched. The cream is burnt, too. And then Betty, the maid, says, Why, madam, the bishop has set his foot in it. I'm like, okay. What yeah. Is, what is that? I know. You have to decipher this. Though. Right? Well, I'm like, uh, the bishop has set his foot in it. So keep on digging. Uh, and we're back to the 1500s now. So uh, 1528, William Tyndale, an English writer, uh, writes uh, work, Obedience of a Christian Man. Uh, and it says, If the pudding be burned too, or the meat over-roasted, we say the bishop hath put his foot in the pot, or the bishop hath played the cook, because the bishops burn who they lust, and whosoever displeaseth them <laughs> yeah uh, so they bring the bishop into these things first it's if the bishop first before it, it turns to a foot later it's like if some right if the bishop put his foot in something that means that that food was set on fire relating to you know the burning of heretics at this time by you know the the local people but we've we've been uh, we've been burning people for millennia yeah. Um, She's a witch. Yeah, basically, even longer back, way far back. It's, you know, one of the first ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, so this, it just, it, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> the way that it relates is amusing and really a stretch. Um, but this is kind of, uh, this is tossed forward. And I'm not sure if Tyndale was the only one pushing kind of this uh, aspect of it, but he was a strong believer that the king, uh, not the Pope, should be in charge of the religion of a uh, country, for, for, you know, just to say that. Uh, Anne Boleyn got Henry VIII to read a book by Tyndale, and that's why Henry, not why, but Henry VIII was like, wow, this is great. I think he's this guy's on to something. We should let may, most kings read this book and then put the kings in charge of the church so I can get divorced as much as I want, specifically in his case, perhaps. This is not a quote. This is just me. No, yeah. Make believing. 
you know, Bishop put the foot in it, burned my thing. I put my foot in it, you know, and then we're like, I put my foot in my mouth because my mouth is talking, which is also, you know, eh, I get it. And a lot of people will say that the phrase gains popularity uh, from the dis- disease discovered in the 1870s that affects the animals. Uh, the well, clo- that one quote you read from that paper right, in the that's, 1800s. That's what I'm saying. That's 1887. Yeah. But we've got quotes, put his foot in his mouth, uh, 1879. So that's nine years after they discovered the disease. Not ridiculous of a timeline for this it's just people putting that alliteration to together. You're, you're right. used to hearing hoof and mouth disease. It's hoof right. and mouth, not hoof in. The right. So it, it, in the in the in the nine years after we discover this disease, we're saying put his foot in his mouth. But then 1887, you know, roughly 20 years, 17 years after, we're saying we're, he got a bad case of foot in mouth disease. Exactly like you're saying, foot and mouth, hoof and mouth. Yeah. It works so well together. Um, but I just the fact that we come from that other put your foot in it way I, I just i don't know you know what i mean it seems like it could be both merging together harmoniously right uh, most likely because we you started were... with the put your foot in it right yeah. yeah and then when we got we discovered this this disease like oh you can just link these together right and then hits that critical mass where we're like okay we're using this uh, and that's that is the foot and mouth is eighteen eighty seven, but the foot in your mouth, you know, earlier eighteen seventy nine ish. I know you want like the the upsurgence of the disease and and that that print in newspapers. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone would have been up and for sure been wiping out cows everywhere, yeah. Yeah, and people yeah. would have been freaked out. Yeah, you'd have known about it from the because I mean it was a large impact on that. If you have to, you know, right, whatever you'd say of your whole herd, you know. All right. that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Hitting the papers, plus this other phrase, also being in writing, also coming through time and effort. Yeah. That's what that's I, a, yeah. That's a critical mass of blending, perhaps. <laughs> like my smoothie. Yes. Oh. Crit- critical mass of blending. I'm here all week. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun thing there. Hey, I, I liked where it led me. Well, I have mug. Yeah. Yeah, which is entirely different, but still a body part thing. Yeah, mug. Yeah, you know how we say, look at the mug on that person. Yeah, wipe that smile off your mug. Yeah, a large cup for hot liquids, <laughs> usually having a handle. Yeah. And used without a saucer. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's a mug. You know, a cup has, a Ooh. cup tapers down to that little more dainty bottom that needs the little ring. And so the, mm-hmm. our big science mugs are cups. Is that what you're saying? Because they have saucers and they taper kind of down? I reckon. Huh. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I was just, all right. Sorry. Mugs. The commander said, don't worry, I don't have the authority to kill you today. Which was positive for that day anyway. In 1993, Chris Moon was captured by the Khmer Rouge while clearing landmines in Cambodia. With survival probability low, Chris was brought in front of the boss. He was just given a local nickname, Mr. Clever. Hi, I'm Steve Windus, host of the Batting the Breeze podcast. I'd love you to check out how Chris survived, along with some other great human stories at battingthebreeze.com. Hopefully see you there. The face, often used deprecatingly. 
What an ugly mug. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I it mean? It does have a connotation of, uh, mm-hmm, I get you. Well, yeah, that's what I learned. Um, because we don't, or I don't, necessarily think of it that way. You know, you could have a cute mug in, yeah. in my book. Right. It's a, it's a face. Not specific. Here's three. Slang, vulgar, a gullible or easily cheated person. He's a gullible mug. He believed her again. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So yeah. uh, that's an interesting twist that it we'll is. explore yeah. in somewhat or great detail. <laughs> somewhat or greatly improved. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy. Um, and this came up, it continues to come up. I forget which episode I had a word that was like, oh, it was thieves speak. Well, mm-hmm. how do you know? Right, because the Dictionary of Thieves said it was, right. Right, but right. in this instance... That? We kind of do know because, just by nature. So, just like it said, a dupe, you know, this is uh, Mm mid-1800s. We had it as a a sucker, a fool, a dupe, a stupid or incompetent person. Okay. And we'll get to that. But in that it meant that then is how it then inverted into you were mugged because you were the dupe, you were the sucker, and you got mugged. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the mugger. I always wondered about that word in that way. Right. It, are they are they grabbing they me around my cup. face and covering my mouth like mu- <laughs> what why? Right, they're face palming you. <laughs> but but it's just, you know, they could hold you up at the ATM and you got mugged. Mm-hmm. Uh but you were a dupe, a foolish you, sucker. Right, look at this mug over here. Yeah. Okay. I know, right? Yeah. But let's now go back in time. Alrighty. Like tracing the full etymology back. Well, let's not say full etymology <laughs> yeah. back because I, we got just so many hours in the day. Yeah. But the most concrete piece that you hit when you get far, when your shovel hits hard clay of, or rock, yeah. maybe what you hit was salt. 1400s, what we had was it meaning a measurement of of salt like a mug of salt mm, is yeah is an amount of salt an amount of salt yeah yeah <laughs> but that's okay but we do know it is that or was that and get this flip and so this flip you, you know it may have taken one or two hundred years whatever they were measuring the salt in mm-hmm. to get a mug's worth yeah it was about that right it was a cup yeah, three cups with a you know in a in a shooper. Yeah, you know maybe a ricotta cheese container. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's about a quart. Yeah, right. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But by the 1560s, it had turned the name mug had turned into that thing, that vessel. Is that? Oh, he's what? I, okay. I, I I I'll have a mug of soup. Yeah, because. Now, now, if it's a mug of salt, why isn't it a mug of anything? Right, it's a measurement. Right. I want that much of this. Right. Okay. And then it becomes more or less just that thing. Yeah. Where's my mug? I'm washing it. Right. You know? Okay. Wow. That's unexpected. But it gets better. <laughs> I mean, all right, I'm still, this is, don't be rusing me. Come on. No, it's totally right, not a ruse. This, right. is, this is the real this deal. It's like fascinating. I just, yeah, the mug. Okay. And and we arrive fairly quickly, in relative terms, 
to the money shot yeah. where in the 1700s, a company in Britain called Toby, Toby Jugs. Okay. They made these uh, ceramic drinking vessels, sort of like big, well, they were big mugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they made them out of clay with these sort of um, grotesque-ish faces and bodies on them, like they were... Uh, the coming through the mug, a face on the outside, is that what you mean? That's what it looked like. You'd pick it up and this big face and body was looking at you, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. They were They were sort of... Not gargoyle-ish. They were sort of character-ish-y, but not pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of kind of gruesome. Grotesque. Yeah. Yeah. I dug up some pieces and bits of, of some more of this, but let me just say this. Apparent, apparently, you can visit the Toby Jug Museum oh. in Illinois. Hmm. For some reason, this is an, a British institution, yeah. but has been... Um, memorialized here in Illinois in the United States. Okay. And you can see a large collection of these Toby jugs. Now, there are some who believe that uh, this original face and character on it was inspired by Sir Toby Belch. Different Toby. Uh, Well, it would have been inspired by it, you know what I mean? So, therefore, that's how they named the company, Uh, etc. Gotcha. Um who was a boisterous party animal <laughs> from uh, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Oh, okay. But um, Shakespeare, I mean, it's just, I just can't even give him anymore. So, but this was, <laughs> this would be sort of more indirect, you know? Yeah. But also this character of sorts shows up and I, I dug the song up, not to be confused with the little brown jug, mm-hmm. but there's a song... Brown Jug song. Yeah, okay. And the Brown Jug song sings about... This is kind of gross. So this guy here, Toby, is a uh, merry friend with a pipe and puffing away his sorrow and quite a drinker. Apparently, Toby then dies. Nobody uh, somehow knows it. His body melts into the ground beneath, which is made of clay. And then someone comes along, takes some of that clay, and molds from oh. it a mug. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. So the Toby Jug Company took what we know as a drinking vessel at that point and turned it into a uh, display port for a face, basically. Yeah. It, it As time went on, the body section of the caricature on the front of your mug shrunk or went away and then it became a more let's just concentrate on the face yeah so these sort of grotesque goofy faces were looking at you while you drank okay so through this process that became mug a face became your mug yeah while it never left meaning the drinking vessel either, but, right, but they seem to take on two different lives because we, we don't all drink out of Toby jugs, and for the most part, those things went away. Unless you're in the weird section of a Hallmark store or something, <laughs> then you don't drink out of a mug that has a big goofy face on it. Right. So you still drink out of a mug, but we still hold on to your face as a mug. Right. What we don't hold on to quite as much is that 
it's an ugly or weird caricature face. Um, mug shot, sure, all that. But mug is just like, look at your mug. Get your mug out of here. It doesn't I don't think of it as really being like uh, I'm... I'm saying something bad about your face. I'm just calling it your face, face with a different word, right? right? Yeah, that is. You might your puppy. You might say, "What a mug!" You little mug. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not necessarily bad, but uh, but writers read in readers. Right. You know, in. listeners. Whatever. Go ahead and send us something if yeah. you <laughs> think I'm wrong about that. So, all right, you're drinking out of a mug-shaped object. But it's like the Grinch is on, like it's it's shaped like the Grinch, but in a mug form. So no, you're drinking so out much. of a Toby jug. It's shaped jug. like a mug, but it's molded. The front, the face of it that's facing you, right, is more. You know, a, a bigger, more of the clay is molded more into a pop out, yeah, face or character, yeah. But I'm saying, so those those are our, our newfangled Toby jugs. Those are the uh, 1700s Toby jugs. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then through that. Through that, because there's a face on it. <laughs> yeah, the, that became. But it starts a mug. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That one takes you on a journey. No doubt. But it, it is uh, pretty indisputable. Is why we today yeah. call a face a mug. That's fascinating. So to see a mug with a face on it is actually pretty authentic to an original mug. If one were to yeah. see an old sculpted mug with a face on it. Definitely. Wow. And I didn't, you know me, Yeah. but I did not hop on eBay or somewhere to see, can yeah, I possibly buy it. an actual real Toby mug or yeah. like an antique shop? They're probably fairly rare by now and probably pretty expensive. Wow. I don't know. Huh. So having said that, I, I will be right back. Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep for all. Their products feature innovative technology and unbelievable comfort and support without deflating your wallet. Combining the best of both worlds, the Allswell features hybrid mattress technology with memory foam and individually wrapped coils. For a winning blend of comfort and support, follow the link in the show notes for financing as low as 0%, a 100-night risk-free trial, free shipping and returns, and a 10-year limited warranty. Designed to make good sleep accessible to all. Real luxury, unreal prices. Allswellhome.com. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at BigScienceMusic.com. That's BigScienceMusic.com. All right, so that was fun. Yeah, those ads. Yeah. Perfect. It's a good night's sleep. Yeah, that's right. I know. What do you have? Uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember. I hope you remember. <laughs> Tip of the tongue. Oh, is that? Oh. Yes, yeah, see? Oh, worked. man, you really got me. That one worked. I get one every 10 or 15 shows. Yeah. Tip of the tongue. Failing to retrieve a word or term from memory combined with partial recall 
and the feeling that retrieval is imminent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's pretty good. Ah. It's like when I get the first letter, like my brain will give me the first letter. Well, that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Go with that. First of all, what is a tongue, Jay? Um, it's a muscle that has, uh, you know, it's got some taste buds on it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what else Pretty it much does. that's what it is. Yeah. An organ possessed by most vertebrates. Oh, it's an organ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your tongue is an organ, uh, occupying the floor of the the floor of the mouth, and it's attached at its base to the hyoid bone, often protrusible and freely moving. In its development in Homo sapiens and other higher mammals, it is the tapering, blunt tip, muscular, soft and fleshy. <laughs> wow. Uh, important in ta- taking in and swallowing food. Also, the principal organ of taste, and in Homo sapiens, of articulate speech. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So this one, I don't know, it was interesting. Tip of the tongue is a psychological phenomenon that has papers devoted to it and studies about it and information on all sorts of speech, retrieval, memory. Uh, it is highly studied and highly used in, in many places. Uh, William James, 1890, Principles of Psychology, says, The state of our consciousness is peculiar. There is a gap therein. But no mere gap. It is a gap that is intensely active. A sort of wraith of the name is in it, beckoning us in a given direction, making us at moments tingle with a sense of our closeness and then letting us sink back without the longed-for term. If wrong names are proposed to us, the singularly definite gap acts immediately so as to negate them. They do not fit the mold, and the gap of one word does not feel like the gap of another. All empty of content, as both might seem necessarily to be when described as gaps. What the know, hell happened there? We know the feeling, right? You, you, like you said, you got the first letter. Like, I know it starts with a P, and it sort of feels like a sunshiny thing, but it ends with like this like kerchew sound, and, uh, and, and maybe you can even come up with a synonym, right? You're like, ah, it's, uh, it means like this. It's the word I want. And then you start to like panic. Not panic, but you know your 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 adrenaline's running, right? Your mind's your mind's racing. You're like, I know this. Come on, and you think uh, you can do it, and uh, then if you do discover that word, right? You're hunting for it after so long. You you celebrate it. You're like, ah, ha ha! I found it. It was this one. That's what I meant. It, it gives you this relief, this release, right? Huh. I mean, it's it's well, a yeah. It's what. Sorry. No, it's just I. Yeah, I sometimes just panic because I think I'm, I'm just losing my mind. Well, this don't think that I don't want to set it up like that. But this is um, a type of non-threatening, very mildly uh, related instance uh, of something called anomic aphasia, which is a serious condition brought on by a lot of different things. This is not that. This is a category under this sort of umbrella. You know, I don't want anyone to worry. Right. Aphasia is when you can't place things in the right spots. You know, you're you're forgetting things or whatever. It's just, it's like that. You're like, I, I know this. I have it in there. Um, but yeah. So like I said, the, this T-O-T, this tip of tongue, uh, it has its own acronym, T-O-T, <laughs> as papers and psychologists. Uh, it's got facets and prompts ideas about like a nature of our cognition 
Uh, also, how language is accessed and processed and how our thoughts reach through different areas of the brain on the way out. It's not just your, your cognitive mind working. You're trying to find the word. You know a word. You're looking for a word. But you're also, like, metacognitive mind is commenting on it and knowing, like, you, you know what this word is. Come on, like, figure it out. You're putting this pressure on your cognitive mind almost to, to pull the stuff out. Uh, and just the frustrations, the rise and the fall, it has an emotional kind of like uh it has an emotional weight to it right because you feel like you know this i'm i don't want to fail at it <laughs> yeah yeah it, it it hurts yeah right and you're like and then later you wake up screaming the word in the middle of the night well your brain will pop out with you yeah you you let you you back away from it and let it let it come out of the corners let it come out of the corners that's the thing about sometimes our brains is uh you know thoughts just happen you don't think thoughts they just happen Everybody. Well, well, that's a whole podcast on its own. But as we, you touched on earlier, earlier, right at the start of the show, st- studies conducted about this term really show that it spans most of the studied languages anyway. It's a, it's a human phenomenon. It's a homo sapiens. We are all the same. We have, you know, the same hopes. We have the same hopes and dreams. We have the same mouth parts. We have the same hands and feet. So these words that relate, these terms that relate to body parts uh, can be common across the globe. And it is this phrase uh, in several different languages. Again, 51 languages languages were studied in this 1990 study, and 45 of them have this kind of same idea revolving around tongue, mouth, throat, you know, something in the, in the mouth area, you know, tip yeah. of, it, it's stuck in my throat, it... on my mouth, all sorts of things. It, it, it yeah. really has nothing to do with your mouth. No, not at all. It's your brain not yeah. giving you the information exactly, but it feels like it's right there in your mouth because you know it, and you're like, the word is... And then the word doesn't come out. How do you spell it? <laughs> I think there's an F in there. Um, it looked like some of the strongest theories suggest that our English version came from a French... Uh, Avoir les mots sur les bouts de la langue, which is that's what I was gonna say. Having the word on the tip of the tongue, basically, literally, what uh, what it ends up being. I throw my tongue. I to throw the my cat. tongue to the cat. <laughs> yeah, but because we are all the same, we have a shared experience with thinking of words and uh, trying to figure them out and them not coming out. We know them, but they're stuck in there. Our brain is the block. T.O.T. There is a lot of information. I This is like a reader's digest, but there really are lots of studies, uh, lots of different facets to it. It was more than I imagined it would be. Uh, yeah. So huh. go look, read studies. Look, there's. I read a few papers. I mean, it's just, they're like, not, I didn't read a few papers. I read a few clips of papers. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating, though. There's <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a psychological. Uh, I don't phenomenon. say phenomenon, but I'll say phenomenon. Sure. Let's say it. Yeah, let's say it. That's the word you want to say, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Tip of the tongue syndrome. It doesn't say syndrome. I put the syndrome at the end. It's just T O T. Tip of tongue. Yeah, syndrome makes the it acronym. seem so yeah. clinical. Sure. Tip o tongue. Tip of tongue. Yeah. I wanted to enjoy something, Ray. Yeah. Book it. Book it. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, Jay, you're a little bit out of your gourd 
we we covered Book It as in to run right. in episode 92. My heart started racing when you said it. Yeah. Because I was like, wait a minute. Not long ago. Yeah, not long ago. Okay. Episode 92, okay. we covered Book It. Yeah, okay. But one of the things that we didn't do, you know, for one thing, we've we've gotten away from a little bit, but, but we'll get back to, you know, uh, uh, reading comments from uh, all of you yeah. who, who write in. So for one thing, please write in Instagram and uh, Twitter, Twitter, Reddit, and Reddit is whole nine, nine yards, yards pod. pod. That's nine is a number whole nine yards pod. Well, I took both of them. It's okay. Now you do the other. And the other one's whole nine yards podcast. On it the, is. On the metaverse. Yeah. What you call the Facebook and, yeah. the, and the Mimi. Right. Mimi. Yeah. I don't know why it's stuck uh, in my head. Perfect. So write in, please. So Austin, I don't know. I don't think Austin was... No, Austin's from Iowa. Austin from Iowa had wanted to uh, understand about Book It. Okay. And had uh, contacted us. And when we did Book It, uh, we didn't uh, credit uh, Austin. Oh, no. Um, so Darn it, I'm sorry. So I hope, Austin, that you're still a listener, and I hope that you took in episode 92... Because that was a doozy. The book it. Yeah, book it. Yeah. Because, Ray, uh, today yeah. we're doing this body one. And my last one is, you guessed it, twist your arm. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it. Yeah. <laughs> and so twist your arm is, uh, as many of you might guess, is is almost nothing. But for our... <laughs> English second language yeah. listeners mm -hmm. and many things. It can be confusing. Sure. You know, so I'll 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 just cover it, but it's it's um pretty much a straightforward thing that makes its way from being a you know, supposed physical thing. Grab someone by the arm, put put it behind put it their back and, and and lead them, make them do what you're bidding, you know. Coerce them, yeah. Yeah. Open the safe. Well, I need my arm back. You have one arm. You got one arm. Yeah. You can do it. It's Open a little twisty guy. Like this, you know? Yeah, sure. Taste the chocolate. I hate chocolate. Taste, Taste my chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. You gotta get the little... So, you know, it's sort of it's sort of mean and in some states illegal to do that. <laughs> I would imagine physically assaulting someone is yeah. Uh, yeah, frowned upon. Right? Sure. But... Sometimes there's no other way now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but... But so, but in this instance, you know, it just became more metaphorical, obviously. So, or maybe not so obviously. To so, mm -hmm. yeah. Tw so I'm twisting your arm with my words, with my coercion, um, mm -hmm. efforting with uh, all all that I have yeah. to convince you to do it. But I'm not really grabbing your arm and twisting it, right? I'm grabbing your heartstrings with my words. <laughs> or your, uh, he, maybe more than heart, but yeah. Yeah. This came about mid-1900s, not really all oh. that old that it that it sort of evolved. Yeah. Uh, and we see, you know, a, a, a burst of it in newsprint, you know, in there uh, in the 40s, 1940s, 1950s. Wow. It just yeah. seems like so new. 
It does, right? I got it. It seems like we'd, I'll right. twist your arm. Right. But um, <laughs> back then they would actually literally twist your but arm. The, so it wasn't an idiom. It was, damn it, I'm you. twisting your arm. Right. Do this thing. To get to the... You know what I mean? Yeah, I got it. Around the time it became, ah, oh, we better not actually physically twist someone's arm. We, we might get arrested. Yeah. Uh, well, it turned into a, a metaphor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is the thing. Um, and there's there's nothing else to that one. So, yeah, I let you off easy on yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. You booked right through that one. I booked right through it for our friend Austin in yeah. Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we have for you today in bodies. Bodies. That yeah. was body parts. That was bodies, yeah. yeah. Body parts, bodies. Yeah. We'll see what I name it. Right in, call in. You can't call. Why not? Uh, it can, but I mean... Uh, but through all those different ways and we hope greatly so much to hear from you soon don't yeah, we Ray? they definitely do I mean do you not want to hear from people? no I would love to hear from people are you sure? I, I think so I feel strongly about it it would be nice to uh, to hear from folks good letting us know I'm glad how they feel yeah alright then I'm Jay and I'm Ray and we're, we're not, not idioms, idioms. idiot Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.